0: Welcome to Dragon's Demise, the podcast about what happens on, around, and behind the tabletop. It's a full house today. I'm Greg B. Joining me is Jacob. Hello. Leslie. Hello. And Hunter. Hi. Because we are going to do a Meeple vs. Meeple. That's right. We're back at it. It's, uh, well, you know what? I'll give it to Hunter. He
1: uh, He can start us off. Editor's note here, this episode of Dragon's Miles contains a lot of spoilers for Pandemic Legacy Season 1 and Season 2. If that's not something you're interested in, check out some of our other episodes. Otherwise, back to the podcast.
2: Let's get ready to rumble! In the turquoise corner, we have Greg and Leslie with Pandemic Legacy Season 1, and... In the burgundy and much superior colored corner, we have Jacob with Pandemic Legacy Season Two. I
3: yes.
2: <laughs> think there's
0: a lot of bias coming out of
1: our neutral arbiter right now. <laughs>
3: just because his favorite color is red.
1: Uh, yeah, there we go. I, I got I got him on the color. <laughs> yeah, that's just one thing going yeah, for him. Yeah, right that's now. all you'll get him on. <laughs> but
3: he's married to me.
1: <laughs> exactly,
2: exactly. That's why I'm I saying have that's to make all sure it's an I impartial got. situation. So favorite color versus wife is you know
0: they balance out, right? Sure. Yeah. But yeah, as Hunter said, we're going to be doing a meeple versus meeple of Pandemic Legacy Season One, represented by Leslie and I, versus Pandemic Legacy Season Two, represented in much inferior capacity by Jacob.
1: <laughs> so Jacob. the loser of the
2: last meeple versus meeple, and, and so the judge will determine that fact.
0: You know what? I'm just like confident of my uh, my chances here. So. Leslie, do you want to start or do you want to give the, the handicap to Jacob?
2: Whoa, whoa, yeah. I, I think that you know he needs to lead off strong here, so Jacob should go ahead and you know jump right into it. Right. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's Opening, two versus one. Exactly, you have right? to give him a
1: chance. Opening arguments right here from for the underdog. So Pandemic Legacy Season 2. First off, you start off with a completely different map, and I think one of the best things about Pandemic Legacy Season Two is how they invert the mechanics. To go from taking the cubes off the board to putting the supply cubes on the board. And I think that in general that itself is a huge change in, and it also adds a bunch of exploration. It adds a whole story that you would not have expected in, the, in this game as compared to you know the regular story that you get in Pandemic League Season 1. Oh, diseases. Oh, one of them makes zombies. Okay, it's a bioweapon.
2: Cool. Um, oh, yeah,
0: spoilers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, Impartial Judge says, make sure that there's a spoiler warning at the beginning of this, because I think you guys aren't able to argue your cases without spoilers. So yeah, definitely. probably not.
1: <laughs> so, in general, Pandemic Legacy Season 2 has a lot better... I think that the mechanics are a lot tighter, and I think that they're a lot more interesting than Season 1. And I think the story itself is far superior to, uh, in Season 2 than Season 1. So opening arguments, I'll pass it to you.
0: It's bold claims uh, there, Aye. Mr. Jacob. I think we can refute them categorically. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh. glad you mentioned mechanics, because actually this is a big point for me. The Season 2 mechanics, while I recognize that they're new, I do not agree that they're better. I think there is a lot of innovation, and what they do is less balanced. I think it's less... Solidly constructed. I think you look at the season one mechanics, which are basically just the mechanics for the pandemic board game plus the mechanics for the expansions that are sort of trickled out in a way that forms a very compelling, almost mechanical narrative of okay, now we're going to introduce quarantines. Now we're going to introduce. This, so, does that, any the other.
1: one of us actually own the pandemic based game and actually like playing that? My friend owns it and I do <laughs> like playing it.
3: We have Iberia.
1: It's kind of the same thing. I, I think I have quoted, I can quote Leslie just saying that she does not like the base pandemic game. Okay. I have
3: actually never said that. because Boom. I
1: think I remember that I've happening.
3: I have never played it. <laughs> no, <okay. laughs> well, I'm
0: making so. this point. <laughs> and that point is that I do think that the mechanics of season one are more compelling. I think they're better. They're certainly better tested, I would say. And I think they stand up better. As to your point for the plot, well... Do you want to take this one?
3: I mean, my feeling on the plot being better is for for me in season one, I felt like I had agency. Now I realize that there is something in the game pulling me along a particular storyline, but I felt like the decisions that I made uh, had impact on the game. And also the fact that everyone had a slightly different game because it depends through random circumstances which of your viruses went bad Mm -hmm. right so if you like we had blue go bad and we had to deal with all this craziness happening in north america if we had other people had red go bad and 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 it affected their game in different ways in season two there felt like there were months at a time where very little was happening there was just not a lot of story i was not compelling and the twist in season two is only interesting if you played through season one so the game on its own is kind of But stand that's
1: up. the point it's the it's continuation of season one it's it's like you know jumping into a a uh show if you don't know the first season or something about the first season you're not going to understand what's going on in the second one well but that's interesting though because
0: i feel like that's very not the case you look at a lot of the narrative that's being developed by season two and it's very independent it's a completely new plague the plague is is not the same as Coda from season one. There's different events being referenced. The Havens are a completely new entity Mm -hmm. that was never referenced in season one. And it's only the twist that is, is sort of referential to season one, at least my read of. Then again, you don't
1: even need to know, know the fact that the twist itself is interesting. I think even if you don't know season one, I think that it is decently independent in general, just because of the, Oh, they were the, the like being expelled to kill like the people that they thought were uh, uh, evil or whatever i think that that's a, that's an interesting twist in general like that that's not just a uh, kind of thing where it's just the the plot um, that you needed to have the first season in order to do that.
2: Well, since we were talking about the end of the mm-hmm. second season game, I'm also curious to hear about the arguments for the December game from both seasons because I feel like it's the culmination. So I'd like to hear more about that December game for both. Yeah. No, I think that's
0: that's perfectly valid. Thank you, Judge. Uh. Kiss his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to be completely honest. When we played season one... The December game came at the tail end of a 16-hour marathon session. I was very tired. I was more than a little bit... It is on
1: our YouTube channel for anyone who is interested in watching
0: it. Um, But I do have, like, sort of an emotional memory of feeling very validated, very vindicated. Like, I felt like the December game in Season 1 represented the culmination of everything that we had been working towards in terms of sort of opposing the paramilitary organization that had emerged and like bringing the narrative that had been written
1: to a conclusion. I felt like that was successfully done. I don't know.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I would. I would completely agree with that.
1: In season two, you instead have the final like, culmination of the discovery of of uh, this cure that you have to like bring in this tight race against time in order to get it to the right place for mass production. And I, I think it's in narratively uh, narrative wise, it's a very very interesting end of the game. Uh, I think that it, it definitely. It adds a lot over the the, uh, run of the game that that culminates in this, and most of the stuff you don't really see coming. But I think that that's done in a a way that's actually really a lot more interesting.
2: So instead of the storyline element, what about the challenge level? Because you've just played this game up to 24 times, you probably want that last game to feel like a hard puzzle to solve.
3: Yeah. How did your last game go of season two, Jacob?
1: Well, we did lose, but if you're, if you're looking at like it being a hard puzzle to solve, it was. It was definitely a very difficult one to, to try to figure out exactly how to do everything. And it was definitely a mad dash. I think that it really, that was a great tie-in between both the mechanics and the story in terms of you just discovered this other thing, but you have this mad dash that you have to get from point A to point B and just how it's done. Like we had one of our characters actually, like, you know, pretty much be like, okay, I'm going to try to do this. I'm going to like use, the, uh, use this on myself and try to take this all the way to the distribution center. And like, just, it, it was one of those Shakespearean tragedies where you just pretty much the character died on the way not able to bring like you know, just like one turn away from being able to bring this uh, cure to the people
3: I think for me and I've said this before on the podcast and I say it all of the time but like theme is so important and while the puzzle at the end of season two was challenging it just felt like another puzzle like the only interesting plot point for me in season two was when i discovered the twist possibly because i was the one reading the card and i texted jacob and greg immediately that they had to get to that month (laughs) so that i could then talk to them about it but um the the and just felt like, okay, we have to cross A and B and do this to C and it didn't felt like, I didn't feel connected to the storyline. Whereas I felt connected and involved and part of the story all the way through season one. And I keep coming back to the fact that for season one, everyone I talked to had a slightly different game. They had a slightly different experience and the story was a little bit more unique. Whereas in season two, Everybody had the exact same story, the exact same experience. Everyone had trouble with Jacksonville. Everyone, you <laughs> know. <damn> Jacksonville.
1: Right? <laughs>
3: Every single person I talked to struggled with Jacksonville. And that's indicative of kind of a, 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 a weakness in the game because it doesn't feel as much like a choose-your-own-adventure story as season one did.
0: The other thing that I think is sort of, because I played the same game as you, Jacob, in season mm-hmm. two, The observation that I have about sort of the relative difficulty of the December games, in our case, we played two, is that a lot of that difficulty was self-inflicted. You know, a a big part of why we only missed it by one turn was because at the start of December, when it was revealed to us that we would need to get a sample of the virus to South Africa, I believe is where the, the distribution center needed to be set up, we had missed the clues that had previously been given to us in order to develop that infrastructure. There was there was information there that we failed to adequately process and prepare for, which is why that was so hard. And I feel like if we had been a little bit more on our game, it, it would have been maybe not a breeze, but it certainly wouldn't have been this sort of Shakespearean tragedy of a narrative effect that you observe.
1: I don't know. I think that in general, like it's uh, the mechanics that have been added, in, especially at the ending, uh, really do push it for this type of a much more difficult like end. And I, I do think that even if we were more prepared, it would still have been, like it, rather than missing it by one turn, we would have been like, we made it by the skin of our teeth. And I think that that's where like, it really it works well. The other thing is about the season one ending, and it almost felt a little bit like... The, the ending text and everything like that felt interesting, but at the same time the last few games, the last like uh, two or two or so months that, uh, that you're going through, there really isn't that much new stuff added. It's not like a, it, it's almost like I was already going to the denouement uh, at, af, at the last few games uh where it, and like the peak is a little bit earlier and I, I like the the peak being like right there like you know that uh, last few games just running into into the very end.
3: Yeah, I disagree. When we started playing season one, I felt like every time we met with our friends to play those games, we were like immediately, when are we playing the next game? When are we getting together to play the next game? We're so excited to play the next game. And Mm -hmm. naturally, we were, of course, really excited to meet up with season two, but next game to next game didn't have the same excitement, the same pull, because it just... You know, okay. There was the interesting part in the beginning, and then it kind of was flat until October.
1: See, I, I don't I don't see it that way. Like for us, it was it was really interesting just to just keep discovering all these different new new parts of the of the world like each each of the new places that you discover it's like okay can we get like the do we have enough to get like this this area maybe if we get like the lucky draws and we can like move move these around in, in certain ways that we'll be able to unlock this can we do it before it gets to the event where like it reveals it for us Let, let's try to beat the clock and i think that at at the end of uh, all the games that i can remember we were really excited like you know okay next game we have to do this 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 and this in order to do it like to to uh, to win, and we want to plan on this and this, and this is what happened on this game, and we have this bonus coming up, and it. I I thought it was it was very like interesting and, and definitely engaging game to game, especially because of the explore mechanic, and I think that that's one of the things that I liked the most about about the game itself was that you were you didn't know what was going on, like where. In Pandemic Legacy Season 1, you have a map that's, you know, well, you've got the world and you've got the the disease and you've got the regular Pandemic games that, like, the rules pretty much, and they were modified after a while. But these weren't very significant changes from the base game. And the base game is something that I find honestly boring. And then in Season 2, instead, you have... All these other things that that are going on, especially with the first of all the supplies, like uh, being having to distribute them, having like these other abilities that you get to actually customize your own characters rather than having the the pre-made ones. They start with one ability, but then you can you can build them however you want. You also don't know whether or not if you if you do get a scar, like whether or not it's actually going to be. A scar, whether it's gonna bring you down towards the uh, death, you're, you've got like that little bit of extra uncertainty there. I think there was just so much more in terms of the the ideas and and just how they all interacted together
2: than season one. Ding ding! Oh man, look at him go! It looks like there's gonna be a knockdown dragout fight here. Don't think anyone's gonna get knocked out. <laughs> So I, think,
3: I think it's interesting that you brought up the creation character creation system in season mm-hmm. two because what I think one of the things that I really truly missed in season two from season one was the relationships between the characters. I think that belt built a lot more interesting inter-character play where you had these relationships and I was able to do this because I'm your friend and I'm your co-worker and I could do this thing. And I really felt like that was lacking in season two.
0: Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I think given the way that the mechanics had sort of evolved in season two, it felt to me more like we were three individuals working towards independent aspects of a goal than we were three individuals working collaboratively towards a single goal. And part of that just was because of the way that knowledge trading was slightly different part of that was because of you know we didn't have the relationships necessarily but it didn't quite feel the characters didn't feel integrated with one another they did feel much more customizable but i think that may have even been a part of it because you had so many more options for customization that the default newly created character was less integrated possibly more powerful but more independent narratively speaking
1: Narratively speaking, maybe, but at the same time, I think that just the the way that you can create and customize the characters, and I, th- I think a lot of like the other things that you uh, you can actually like, balance the how much you're actually going to customize a character, and you have to actually figure out whether or not you want to keep them or not, and I thought that that was just a lot more interesting in general, like you were able to make someone who was just really, really good at this one thing, but at the same time still... You know, we worked together pretty well, even though we were doing like separate things. Like, we had to like you know use our abilities in conjunction with each other in order to figure out like how to actually distribute everything correctly. And I think that it it also goes for just the different way that the game is played itself, like with the supply cubes being the one resource and being able to actually trade those resources and move them around. That and the abilities that went that came with that, I think really tied the different characters together a little bit better and like the use of those and and just how we were able to bounce, uh, bounce off of each other and like when we wanted to drop something when we wanted to take something i thought that that part and the negotiation of that in the beginning like was even more interesting than than season one
0: yeah no i guess i i just don't see it i i definitely hear what you're saying but i don't know it didn't i guess it didn't resonate for me in quite the same way it you know even when we were using our abilities to complement one another it still felt more like enabling what one person was doing rather than all simultaneously working towards uh, a singular goal for me. But I do also want to talk a little bit about pacing because we mentioned it sort of with the difficulty scaling in the late game. One of the things that struck me about season two was that we were constantly panicking. You know, it was always, we always felt like Okay, we have to explore this continent this turn, otherwise the next box that we get at the start of the next month is going to reveal it and we're going to either suffer a huge penalty or we're going to lose out on a really useful bonus. And there was never a moment where things slowed down. I guess. And sort of the breakneck pace kind of just took stuff away from me because it was just constantly, it was up and 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 up up. instead of okay, we're going to have a peak. It's going to be really intense. And then, okay, we're going to back off a little bit. You're going to be able to sort of adapt to these new mechanics that we've introduced. Okay, now we're going to ramp those up. And kind of there was more of an up and down cycle I felt like in season one as opposed to season two, which was here's a couple of months to get started and okay, we're off to the races.
3: And actually... We had kind of a different experience. I feel like we kept, we would discover something and then the next game disco- go, oh, well, they just gave us what we just discovered. So it kind of took away from the discovery, like, oh, we would have gotten that anyway. Oh, they're going to check that box for us anyway. It didn't actually matter that we won. Hmm.
1: See, that's that's the thing. That's uh, I think especially in our game, that was completely different because of the fact that the first time we actually had something uh, that was just given to us with the negative penalty, just absolutely... Yeah, we hated uh, it. We hated it, and we were just like, boom, we're going at this to get this before we get it revealed no, for us.
3: I don't think that ever happened in no. our game. No. no. I think we found everything. So we never yeah. had a negative penalty, and we won almost every month of that game we were
2: playing somebody that that's in the military so when that, when it was like there, here's an objective that you need to accomplish he was like nothing else matters Get yeah. this objective done. that did happen i'm curious to hear from you guys about the game length over the course of the campaign for both games
0: Individual games or like the length of the campaign. Individual
2: individual games over the course of the campaign.
1: I didn't really see much of a difference. I don't
2: really remember. Yeah, nothing really stands out.
3: Okay. No, No.
0: I think that they were. You should have given us these questions in advance. (laughs) Again, Again, I do think part of it is almost apples to oranges. Uh, in mine and Jacob's cases, simply because the way in which we played the two seasons was so dramatically different. <laughs> it was here. Oh, well, we have
1: a sixteen-hour game or a. You know, it was a single
0: sixteen-hour sitting versus meeting once a week or every other week if you know people were out of town. So. Um, well,
1: we did we did actually uh, play season one another time, but we didn't get through the whole thing. Right. So we do have that pacing to compare to it, but at the same time, I I didn't really see much of a difference between the, the lengths of each game. I thought that they were, I mean, whenever we finished any of the games for season two, I was ready for another one, but by that time it, there wasn't enough time, I think in, in the night, to, because we streamed on weekdays, to actually go into the next one.
2: That's yes. the impartial judge I hate to cut in here, but I'm surprised because I thought when we played season one, each game took about half as long as season two games were taking. Like we were playing two or three season one games in a single night. And then when we got to season two, we were taking an entire night to play one month a lot of times.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's been a while since we did season one, so, but I, I know that. It, it To me, my memory is like we were so excited when we got to the end of one game, and we wanted so bad to find out what happened in the next game that we would start the next game even if it was going to run a little late. <laughs> Whereas the season 2 would be like, okay, we're going to hang out and chat for a little bit, and then we'll, you know, so the one of our... The other, not the military person, the other person was finishing up grad school. So there was s- more sleep required.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: But to, to sort of go back to the, you know, this idea that season two, full circle, way back to the beginning of the conversation, season two introduces new mechanics. Yeah. I, one of the mechanics that I do remember particularly hating was like deck construction. And sort of assembling the deck of, of oh, different yeah. sizes based on how many city cards you had revealed and how many city cards that meant I didn't had have to, to do add, that, so. like, had you know, how many infection car- or uh, epidemic cards had to be added to the deck. And then in the later stages of the game, you had to be worried about adding in, you know, portable viral, antiviral laboratories and all these others. And it just it got to be such an unwieldy
1: stack.
3: Oh, not yeah. if you have someone inoculating like everything. But see, like yeah, I this think that
1: this this is where like I think there there were some really cool differences and some. Uh, I, I thought that the fact that there were all these extra epidemics was really interesting. I I mean, you know, during the game when we were playing, like, that was like the moment when when Greg was setting up and he was told us wh- how many epidemics we had to put in. It was a lot. W- was like the the moment that we're just like, oh my god, we're screwed or something like <laughs> that, and it it was just. And i i i loved it just you know feeling like, okay we have we have this many and then like you know calculating how how many cards we have or like when when is the next one gonna be coming up because we we have like this many different cards coming in and all that kind of stuff and i i just found that really really interesting and then and just the way that you can play it with like you know you guys did a lot of inoculation we had at least uh, William, who was playing with us, was so afraid of inoculating anything.
3: I was also. Yeah, that, that he I just was overruled. He, he <laughs> refused
1: to do it, and like the rest, uh, and and we were just like, all right, well, I guess we'll wait to see like, what was the the negative of it. And that's just a completely different experience for you guys playing versus for for us playing. You know, Greg had to like, be constructing the deck of you know all these different cards because we had nothing inoculated, while you guys had like a decent like you know regular sized deck.
2: Now I'm also curious to hear about if you guys can separate your minds a little bit, and also from the fact that you don't want to jump into plots in the middle about accessibility for players that maybe don't even know the base pandemic, that just you know show up to play the game and haven't ever played anything before, which game is more accessible?
3: I mean, I think season one, without a doubt, is more accessible and I was gonna bring it up next as my next point. I would say the complete opposite
2: thing. So, you know, there we go. (laughs) Here we go, head to head. Um, (laughs) What's your why?
3: I mean, I think base, so I had never played Pandemic um, when Mm -hmm. we just started season one and uh technically I've never played Pandemic except on the app. And that was just to learn the rules so I could play season one. <laughs> okay. So I think that, you know, basic, New gamer, just someone who isn't even necessarily a gamer, can walk into season one and understand what's going on. And then kind of as the game progresses, the game gets slightly more and more complex. And I like games that teach that way. For example, um, the Harry Potter. That's
1: exactly how season two did.
3: You have to let me finish, Jacob. (laughs) You you can't interrupt me. (laughs) Um, So... For example, another example for this to me is the, the Harry Potter deck building yeah. card game. So you have mm-hmm. really, really basic deck building rules. And then as the, you progress through the, the years in Hogwarts, you get more and more complex. Further, like if you jump into season two, you're going to have no idea what's going on. You know, there's no base understanding of the world. And I feel like for a, somebody who has no experience gaming, that's going to be a challenge.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't want to prevent Jacob from getting to his point any sooner, but yeah, I think (laughs) I totally agree. I think season one, and I I am trying to take a step back because I had played Pandemic before, and so part of why I'm sure season one was easier to pick up was because I was familiar with the rules. But also, I think it's just an easier rule set and an easier group of mechanics to comprehend for a new player. Whereas so much of the mechanics and so much of, of your progress in... Season two, it, it almost feels like a negative image where you've got you know you have to maintain supplies in each of these places, but you've got so much stressors of, okay, well, you know, how do we produce those supplies and get them to the, the right places? And it's the the difficulty curve, I guess, is just is just so much steeper. With yeah. season two mechanics, I, I think that like that's
1: completely was... the, the opposite because you start season two with such a small map that you have all you have these three supply centers that you're then just trying to keep the rest of the world supplied. Like th- that's the basis of the game. Like you don't have four different diseases that you're trying to cure and balance. Like you've got a very simple rule set to, to start out with in season two. And then you just you keep adding and adding and like you're you're expanding the world, you're expanding the rule set, you're expanding a lot more gradually and a lot more, I think linearly than like the the very sharp spike in in season one, which is like you have to learn pandemic just as a game, like you know this is you've got you've got to think of all of these different diseases that are gonna be around. You've got to like, you know, balance yourself going here, here, you have all these different locations, how to move, how to get there, instead of just having just a very tight, very small rule set and very small map in general. And I think that that's a lot easier to pick up. And then as as you start looking for other things, as you start exploring other areas, that's where uh, you start adding, you know, the new mechanics and new areas. It, and then just like it, it grows, I think a little, a lot more organically in that way than, especially if you don't have, if you don't know pandemic, uh, then season one.
3: See, I don't think you need to know pandemic because the roles of all of the characters and the map is something that the average person already knows. It's the world and it's mm-hmm. disease, and the diseases are actually pretty simple. They're red, yellow, black.
1: Yeah, but there's just so much more going on on the board whereas like with with season two you've got you you can really focus in on the mechanics of the that like small board and the the, like the connections that you have there and it's just it's a lot less to take in to begin with than the uh, the just pandemic
2: this is a hard one (laughs) i feel like you both have very compelling arguments do you need to take a, a step back
0: we can, uh, we can play some Jeopardy music. Actually, I don't think we can. I think that's copyrighted. <laughs> yeah,
2: probably. You know, I can just make it. it with my mouth. Is that... Or that be I, yeah, how does that run <laughs> up
0: against copyright infringement? Uh, Either way. Depends on how long. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I do think that season one, when you look at it holistically, it's just a better game. I think this, the plot felt more compelling to me. I felt more invested in... The characters that I had created it felt like there was more emergent storytelling you know we didn't have a kernel moment in season two and you know part of that is impossible to control because each narrative is going to be different but I think there are I think there are underlying facets of the game the nature of the twist itself the way that the mechanics revealed themselves that lent themselves better to interesting dynamic storytelling as opposed to sort of the more railroaded narrative of season two
1: Well, uh, on the contrary, I think that um, season one, what it did was it took a boring game, which is Pandemic, and made it interesting. (laughs) Season two created a whole nother game around the same mechanics and had it grow organically along with the story into a much more interesting and much more multifaceted game that all in all was a lot more of a satisfying experience than season one. I think that it was just it, mechanically, it was a lot better. It was a lot uh, more interesting. I thought that the the way that you explored and the way that you were able to connect the cities, how you wanted with this different supply lines, uh, how you can like you know, we shape. some
3: really interesting lines drawn on that board. Exactly. That I don't know where Beagle. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But I, I think that that is just like such an uh, interesting part of the game where you can really customize the board into how you it, it will work the best for you for that game, that it just adds so much to the game and makes it a much, much more interesting game all in all.
3: I also want to say that I think because of um, multiple factors, but also the the relationships between the characters, I think that season one, did not lead itself to quarterbacking as much as season two. And quarterbacking is a huge pet peeve of mine. Mm -hmm. And we had a lot of games in season two where, you know, one person would look at the board and go, okay, we need to accomplish this objective. So you're going to do this and you're going to do this and you're going to do this. And then, oh, I mean, ultimately he was right. He picked a great path to Mm -hmm. success. So why am I going to disagree? But like, that's one thing. And whereas that they needed cooperation way more in season one. And that was very important to me. See,
1: I, I didn't see much of a difference either way in, in whether it was season one or season two. We, had, um, we didn't have much quarterbacking in either season.
0: Well, um, none of the three of us are very forceful personalities. That too. But, but it was
1: just like, even when one of us would come up with an idea, like, we, would, we would workshop it a lot more than, than I think most would. But I, I didn't see that as an issue in either one.
2: Ding, ding, ding. Alrighty. <laughs> All right. This is really hard. I like both of your arguments, and I am sitting here trying to stay impartial from my own gameplays and just listen to the arguments, and it is really difficult. Particularly
3: uh, since I played with you. <laughs> Jacksonville. <laughs>
2: Jacksonville. <laughs> well, that was, that was from season two. Well, mm-hmm. I so, think the uh, point is that that's not a good aspect of gameplay. <laughs>
3: every time we open the game, he's like, I hate Jacksonville. Sorry, if you're from Jacksonville, I apologize.
2: It was We're all just in character. Just city <laughs> in the game. My yeah. character hated Jacksonville. There you go. There, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, there you go. Know, I have great memories of playing through both seasons. And. I do think both of them have strengths. I can see like, the argument especially about which one is more or less complex for someone new. Like, I see both of those arguments being pretty valid. So that is a hard one to judge on. I was trying to throw a, a bone to each side with various questions for what I thought were benefits of one game over the other. And it sounds like your experiences in a different uh, game group were actually different from ours, which... You know, makes it even more difficult to stay impartial. <laughs> I think based on the arguments, and especially that he is outnumbered two to one... I'm going to have to go with the burgundy corner. No. Awesome. What? What? Bullshit. Yes. Someone's sleeping on the Season- couch. <laughs> <laughs> Season uh, I'm two. I'm sorry. Reads. You didn't want to go to bed with me tonight? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was hard, but... All I know right. right. the arguments the arguments were good. It actually like Model coming in clutch. <laughs> <laughs> it made me remember a lot of moments that happened in season two that weren't just those little hi- or those big highlight moments. Like I I wasn't excited about jumping into the next game in season two as much. But I think that was also a lot to do with the situation, like and a lot to do with the length of our games. Like we were playing them in so much more time, there was just no chance to like hop into the next one realistically. Whereas season one, we could do that. And I thought in season two, there were it was I had a ton of fun inoculating cards and pulling them out <laughs> and <laughs> ripping stuff up. So I did. I am a little you know I remember really both of them have things like season one as you said the storyline and the best thing to mention was the the relationships. That was probably the strongest part of season one and yeah, i
3: think that was definitely lacking in season
2: two definitely was lacking in season two but i feel like looking back and hearing all the arguments they both both of those games could learn from each other different things and so yeah i think that season two at least for me right now based on the arguments which i'm going off of is going to have to pull through this time all right all right well
0: very well, I guess. I accept your ruling. Jacob, would you like to take your victory lap?
1: <laughs> I remain undefeated 2-0 <laughs> two, two at the moment. Alrighty, righty. Uh, well, thank you all for joining us for this episode of Meeple vs. Meeple on Dragon's Demise. We hope that you enjoyed it, and we hope to bring some more of these uh, to you guys in the future. It's been a lot of fun, and we like these, these types of things. It lets us be a little bit more contrarian to each other, which we normally are not. But uh, I hope that you enjoyed it, and I hope that you join us next week for another episode of Dragon's Demise.